0: Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft fantasy football podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike?
1: I'm doing well. Um, Way back when you asked me to do draft rankings, when you are like, okay, I want to do rankings, for all the players put it on the podcast and you said you were going to do a bunch of math to come up with a master list i thought okay great that's like a very little amount of work for me as long as i didn't have to do the math i was on board you know Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. as i went through it (laughs) they it took me a very long time except for the group we're going to talk about today this was the one that i finished in record time so I'm I'm happy to be able to discuss finally uh, this this ever-loving category of of tight ends. Not as well hated in fantasy as kickers and defenses seem to be, but not as well loved as other positions. Definitely the middle child of fantasy football.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a I don't I wouldn't say polarizing. I don't think that's the right word. Um, I don't know. It's a very uh, feast or famine position, I guess. Like you either have an all-star or you have nothing and you're yeah. just <laughs> scrambling for scraps I think that's every exactly
1: week. it. I think that's exactly it. Even three or four or five receivers deep, you can have an okay season out of a bunch of receivers you had on your bench and you can drop and pick them up throughout the year and, and kind of take those risks. With the tight end, you either have someone who you love and they're playing every week or you're constantly dropping and picking up tight ends because it's like they're they're, they're going to be hit and miss because that's what happened last year. There's like five or six guys, and that's it. Everyone else, whatever, it's kind of rolling the die. So to me, that that made it a lot easier because really all I was doing for tight ends was just figuring out okay, who would I place here versus here versus here, one versus a three and a five and a six and like these areas, and then from that point on, it was pretty easy the other positions I felt like took more for me to figure out, okay, wh- what's the trends of this particular player for tight end. There's just like, I, there's only a few. And I mentioned this to you, Josh, there's only a few on this list that I think your rankings of them are, are ludicrous. We'll say, and that it's worth having a discussion over some of the rankings. You are not alone in your ludicrous. Um, I, I mentioned, uh, couple weeks ago that we were getting ready for our house league draft. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. We almost have a date set for it. I've started to put together the ranking sheets that I provide to all of our um, members. So it's a little bit easier for them to just follow a ranking sheet. I go off of the NFL's fantasy website to just see, okay, well, what are the, how do they rank players? And that's how I sort of start building the list. So it's nice and fair. It comes from one location And seeing some of the rankings that other people are doing of of where they're drafting people, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. There's a lot of people out there who don't know what they're doing. And I'm excited to talk about it.
0: You know, like, so you're saying that I am making the same mistakes as the rest of the fantasy community.
1: On a total of maybe five or six tight ends as i was looking at them there's about 5 or 6 that i think your rankings are the honestly like a criminal offense there there should be <laughs> charges levied against you um i'm awaiting some word on maybe we can get a warrant and and get you kind of searched for ludicrousy but yeah it's it's maybe border borderline a crime yeah
0: okay so circling back it's me and the rest of the fantasy community and then you that's correct. And yeah I, and i'm the ludicrous one
1: hey Josh, there's an old saying, <laughs> if you're the only same person in a room full of crazy people, you're the one who seems crazy. So yeah, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just the only rational person. That's fine. I, Josh, right. I fought that battle my entire life, so that's totally and, fine. I'm very you're going to keep fighting that. it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> very, right. I'm very comfortable <laughs> in it. Very comfortable.
0: Okay. All right. Well, now that we got that sorted out. Uh, like Mike said, we're talking about tight ends today.
1: Um, no, everyone turned off the podcast.
0: Yeah, no one else. <laughs> no one's like listening it. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just They're wait. Aren't
1: are we doing? Aren't we talking kickers next? No, we're not doing that. What are we doing? No. I don't even know what we're doing, honestly.
0: But next week it's our final mock draft. Actually, we're doing
1: another mock draft.
0: Yeah, buckle up, buddy to be We're I going get get ready one. for that. Jeez. I didn't
1: know you, that yeah.
0: Enough. Start preparing. Get your tight ends sorted out. Draft one in the first three <laughs> rounds. No,
1: no, no, no. The only person I know who's lucrative enough to do that was you.
0: Back to back fantasy champion?
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> both times. Something in the fantasy football championship weekend—something that's never happened in the NFL—happened. So I, I understand you won. I'm very angry about both times, and I just—I'm waiting to see what happens this year. And I know there's many members of our our house league that are—they're—they're they're done. They're done with you and me being in the finals. So they're—they're—they're they're, they're coming for us this year. Um, but I. I can't wait for you and I to be in the Super Bowl again and something absolutely ridiculous to happen on field. It's going to happen. And it'll be one of my players that I, it'll be Odell Beckham Jr. or someone I've drafted that I shouldn't have. And they'll have a great season until the last day. And they'll, they'll dance naked off the field. uh, And Josh will be crowned a third time. And it will just, it'll just break me.
0: Yep. Super Bowl shenanigans. Uh, Early tight end draft by me tomato potato you know all the Are same it ends up with potato, me potato tomato <laughs> that's potato
1: that's not the same
0: <laughs> no it's it's from brooklyn Nine. <laughs> have you ever watched that show
1: i have watched brooklyn Nine. yes yeah that, that's a
0: jake jake peralta line right there i don't right. know that
1: exact very specific quote but i can quote things from absurd absurd shows that you wouldn't know either I can probably know
0: so back to football
1: no, we're going to talk about
0: this. We're going to talk about this. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, we can get back to football. I just think at the end of the day, it makes me so mad still and I'm bringing this up from now until the end of time how things went down the past 2 years in fantasy and I'm looking for some change. I'm looking for for a change of fortune this year. So we'll see. And I don't think I don't think it's going to rest in my decision at tight end. That's how absolutely ridiculous this position's been the past couple of years. Unless you get, like, what, Travis Kelsey, it's probably not going to make much of a difference.
0: Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Before we get into that, um, our new website is live. Conqueredraft.com has received its makeover. You can go there, check it out. Our Patreon is linked to it. If you want full updates, access to all of our rankings, if you want uh, your fantasy football team to be analyzed by Mike and I, point out some areas you can approve. Uh, If you want to be in the priority queue for any fan questions that you have for us, you can find all of that and more at uh, our Patreon. You can find it at ConquerYourDraft.com or Patreon slash ConquerYourDraft. And we'd love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, formerly known as Twitter, now X Threads. You can find us there at ConquerYourDraft and you can email us at at contact at ConquerYourDraft.com. Sorry. Or you can fill out uh, the form on the webpage. We love to hear from you, love to hear your questions. And now let's dive into the news, because it's been a busy week in the NFL. So Cream Hunt decided that the Saints and the Colts both weren't uh, the end of his shopping list, so he's now visiting with the Vikings. So we have no idea where Kareem Hunt's going to end up, but it seems like everybody wants a piece of him.
1: I mean, he's talented. Uh, he, he, is, yeah. he has always had more potential, I think, then he's shown he's had some issues. Um any of those teams you're mentioning, they they would be good to have. Like he he would be he's a good second back. Um even in fantasy, not as your second back, but as a bench player, like he'll have those weeks where he'll get a touchdown here and there, certain matchups, he'll come in and play all right. Like he he can he can make a difference. So I can see why teams are interested in him. Um, now that yeah, I think he has more to offer. Are, yeah, well, well, now that all these running backs going off the board, you think it would it would make him want to make a decision here? But he seems to just be casually visiting facilities.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he uh, maybe he's waiting to see if he can like parlay the other deals that we're going to talk about shortly uh, into more money for him. I don't know. Well, he's
1: not on their level though.
0: No, he's not. He, you're right. Um, but maybe he's just using it as like, well, hey, look at the total overall market. You know, this yeah, is what I'm worth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: Playing the market. <laughs> That's yep. the, old, the old classic. Well, this person's worth this. I'm not this amount worse than that person. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I just think, yeah, I mean, it's... These, these teams are interesting. Like, the Vikings interest me because... Okay, so they got rid of Dalvin Cook. And yep. I, I mean, so Hunt's going to be a cheaper option and probably a more... Uh, more suited to that kind of double running back routine than, than sort of I think Dalvin Cook wants to wants to be more represented. He's got the talent and the money that he was being owed was of that elk. So I don't know. Like, I mean, would Hunt, in your mind, would this change anything? Where Hunt lands, does it make him an, somewhat on your radar at all for fantasy, even as a late pick?
0: Yeah, I mean, that would it ultimately would depend on where he lands. Like, if he went to the Colts and Jonathan Taylor is playing the full season, then no, I'm not really interested because <laughs> no. that's not a good landing spot for him. If he no. goes to the Vikings, I would be interested in Hunt, but at the same time, my interest in Alexander Madison would decrease. greatly. Decrease, yes. Now, that's a powerful so.
1: offense, though. Like, you know they're both going to get red zone action. Because that's a, yeah. that's a that's still strong offense. Like I know Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his contract, but it's still a good offense on non-Monday nights
0: when he's yeah, not non-Monday nights. But, but, but again, think, like we
1: talk about, what do we always say? Sunday at four o'clock.
0: Yep, pick the Vikings. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Sunday before it gets dark out.
1: Yeah. Good. Then he. Then they're great. They're a great team.
0: But. At what Alexander Madison has going for him this year is that he is the only guy. So if Kareem Hunt ends up there, then that takes it away from Alexander Madison. And and yeah, they'll both be of value in fantasy football, but nowhere near what Madison's is currently.
1: I think that's fair. I think that the way you're framing it is exactly what would happen. Where like, yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt's going to be on some people's radar, might be a good late pick, but I would be dropping Madison down as well just because he's going to start sharing the backfield a little bit more. Um, and and I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's only one football. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of teams that have two or three running backs that you're like, oh, they, they've got a lot of talent there. So it's interesting to see w- where they'll end up. And, and hopefully this saga comes to an end soon, because it would be really nice to get that that kind of wrapped up and know what some of these rosters are. We're getting close. We're getting closer. Preseason is is well underway now, so hopefully this gets sorted soon i mean for Kareem hunt's own good he should get into training camp asap
0: yeah that that would be helpful but it would clarify a lot of things but i have a feeling he'll probably be like at the end of camp slash preseason and slide into a team somewhere yeah it'll be a random team right when (laughs) everyone has finished their drafts Mm -hmm. too yeah yeah Uh, The Raiders have signed running back Damian Williams, so I would say that's probably just more insurance in the event that uh, Josh Jacobs doesn't end up playing this season. Um, If Josh Jacobs plays, then Williams is nothing really for fantasy.
1: I mean, this is a situation that's still getting more and more uh, (laughs) troublesome. Like, I don't know. Like, I just don't even know what's happening with Jacobs. Like, I just... Well, we're gonna hit a point.
0: We're gonna hit a point, probably around week, like the week three games of preseason. If if he's not with the team, like you have to throw him down your rankings and go with safer options.
1: Yes, like you have to drop him. (laughs) I anyone who's even drafting right now, I I would find it really tough, really tough. To to pick him in in the slot where he probably deserves to be picked, talent wise, and if he was actually like ready to go. But this is getting it's getting late. Like every every team has played one preseason game, and and by this point, a lot of teams are getting into second. And there's only three, and then like you got a week off, and then the season starts. Like we're there, <laughs> so I just don't. I don't know. I I'm very concerned about about drafting Jacobs. Even after such an amazing season he had last
0: year, yeah, he like you. you kind of have to swing for the fences at this point if you're going to take him because it's it becomes more and more weighted towards that he's not going to show up. Yeah, uh, as we get closer and he's not there, right? So, I mean, it certainly could pay out, but yeah, you you have to drop him down your rankings and look at guys who are of similar talent. You know, like Saquon Barkley, who he got his situation sorted out and he's going to play right They're of comparable talent, but mm-hmm. at least, you know, the, with the one that he's going to be there. Right.
1: Yep. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think that's exactly the route that I would suggest people going at this point until, until this sorts itself out until we get a little bit more clarity on what's going on here. I don't think you can trust that Jacobs is going to get the, get, you know, what, what he wants done. Um, well, again, again it'll be a waiting game, but time
0: is, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cowboys' All-Pro guard Zach Martin has made a deal with the Cowboys to end his holdout, so that is good news for Tony Pollard. Um, brings a bit more stability and uh, consistency or continuity from last year to their offensive line, so that would have been. That would have put a damper on Pollard if he hadn't if they hadn't have gotten that sorted out. So I'm glad that yeah. they did because I, I I do have high hopes for Pollard this season. Um, and Ezekiel Elliott has signed a one-year, six million dollar deal with the Patriots. So you and I were talking about this prior to recording, um, and it seems like I'm much more pessimistic about it than you are. Uh, I guess just I don't know. Which is weird because I'm the, the Patriots fan out of, out of the two of us. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, that is
1: very strange for for, for me to be the more optimistic one about this.
0: <laughs> for the Patriots, like the NFL team, I'm I'm happy. for. It's just for fantasy. I'm looking at this like, okay, Bill Belichick's history with running backs. Ramondre Stevenson was not good around the goal line last year. Ezekiel Elliott is great around the goal line. So I think he's going to get the goal line work, probably the short yardage work. So that leaves Ramondre Stevenson with first and second down, assuming the Patriots don't do what they always do and ruin fantasy running backs for uh, for fantasy football. Yeah. Um. So that kind of cuts his workload in half, you know. So my uh my value, I guess, my expected value of Ramondre Stevenson has now come down, and my value for Ezekiel Elliott is capped because Ramondre Stevenson is still there. Right. Um I don't know if you have I think you have a different way that you're looking at it.
1: Yeah, the way I'm looking at it is Bill Belichick is an old school football guy. That's the way he like he he likes to to run run the ball. He likes to fight in the trenches and with Mac Jones at quarterback, I think a du- this is the one team that a double running back system will be utilized a lot more. So I'm I'm like again, I, I think it does drop down, like you're saying, Stevenson a little bit, and it bumps up Elliot in my mind a little bit. But I, I think it could work in this system that the two of them get utilized. And again, it's a rec, you know, Bill Belichick does this with players like the Reclamation Project, but you know, the Randy Moss and Chad Oko, Joe Cinco and all these other players who who come through and Belichick tries to, to work with them. Ezekiel Elliott was an elite running back a year ago or just over a year ago. So I think that this is someone closer to their prime than he's used to getting them. I think that this two running back system can work really well with the way Belichick does like to coach. And it's the one thing that I I look at it and be like, well, I, I kind of understood this. Let's have two high-powered, strong running backs who can catch the ball in the backfield, who are good in the red, zo- red zone, who are good in tight situations, who can get us those extra yards because we have a quarterback who we can't trust 100% as we were able to trust Tom Brady. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. That's not to say I'm drafting either of these running backs as my my running back one. I, I, I would not be comfortable with that. But I'm not as concerned about them yet because I do think this could work. I could be proven wrong within the first couple of weeks of the season, absolutely. But I just think that there's something here where I can see this working on this team.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I can understand that. Um but yeah, I don't know. Whenever I see split work like that, my mind always defaults to the upside is now capped. There mm-hmm. there is a there is a limit here. Even if they both do well, it's nowhere near as well as they could do on their own. You know what I mean?
1: No, it's it and that is true. And I do think you'll probably see that happen. Now, again, it's possible, like you have seen in dual running backs, if Stevenson just starts to outperform Elliot, then it's Stevenson, ball, and Elliot's just going to drop off the face of the earth. Because when Belichick doesn't like you, you're out of there, <laughs> right? Like it's, yeah. he's not he's not keeping anyone around. So I think I think at least with Belichick, you might you he's not going to be that stubborn. And if it's not working, he's going to dump them. So you might at least see an answer to that and be like, okay, you had Stevenson or you had Elliot, and now you know you know whether or not you're keeping them throughout the year within a
0: few yeah yeah he won't keep them around you're right he he has no app like in
1: terms of like he's listen i'm not saying he lacks loyalty, but he it only goes to a certain point he does not want to be put in a situation where he sacrifices a chance to win for for any individual so you know that we this is who bill belichick is this isn't a surprise to anyone
0: yeah that's right team team first absolutely uh, Dalvin Cook signed a one year, $8.6 million deal with the Jets. And I don't know about you, but it seems like I am much more pessimistic about this than quite a lot of the fantasy community.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm uh, pessimistic because... about it too, actually. <laughs> so I'm with okay. You yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been more pessimistic about Brees Hall throughout the offseason than a lot of other people too, because of the history of, um, players coming off of ACL tears and just the high powered passing offense that they were using last season. Um, I I don't think Brees Hall is going to be as good as a lot of people are expecting him to. I know there's a lot of talk about him being good by like come fantasy playoff time. Right. But you have to make it to the fantasy playoffs for that to matter. Right. Like if he's doing nothing for you throughout half the year and he's your RB one, well, we've got a problem. Um, And now we've got Dalvin Cook going in there who, quite frankly, Dalvin Cook is a very good running back. So I think at best case scenario, these two are splitting work. You know, like they're I don't know what it's going to shake out to be like if it's first and second down goes to one player third down and like goal line goes the other. I don't know how that's all going to shake out, but they're definitely both going to have a role, especially with that much money going to Dalvin Cook for a one year deal. He's going to have a role even if that role is just to tide the jets over until Breeze Hall halls back to full health and ready to roll. This is a redraft podcast. That's what we're focused on. So we're redrafting for just this season. That's why I, I'm not a big fan of either their fantasy football situations right now. Would I still draft them? Yeah, probably, but I would want like an elite all-star ahead of them on my roster and then be willing to take that kind of swing afterwards.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I think if you get if you get an elite run running back, whoever that happens to be, McCafferty, whoever, then yeah, this is a, as a second is is a, a more comfortable swing. Like Dalvin Cook, yeah, very talented. I had him last year. He's very very strong. He did a lot of great things. I think at the end of the day, who the Jets are is confusing people a little bit because. I mean, you think Aaron Rodgers isn't going to try and want to gunsling the ball and throw the ball as much as they can? I mean, they were, they were a passing offense last year without him, bringing him in. They're going to try, like, look at the pieces they brought him to give him receivers he knows. They're going to try to use receivers in a bunch of different ways. I think Dalvin Cook can be part of that. But I, I agree with you. I think to me, both Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook dropped down again. And I also was very concerned about Brees Hall coming off that injury we just don't see when players miss a significant amount of time, we don't always see the bounce back that I think people are expecting. So, I'm yeah, I'm I'm with you more so on this one than other people are and I think that this is a situation where I don't th- I just don't think these double running back snares always work and I'm picking the Patriots for it to work. So, I'm not going to pick someone else in the division for it to work as well. So, to me it's the Patriots one that will work. This won't to the same level. One of these running backs is going to take over for the other, and I think that you're still going to see a big amount of passing um, out of out of the Jets, at least to begin the season, to to try to kind of get get things going, and they want to see what they can do there. So we'll see. Again, football wise,
0: this division crazy <laughs> like this. Yeah, this is a great division now. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> if you're the Buffalo Bills, you should be sweating because this yeah. just got wild. But in terms of fantasy, I'm, I'm with you on that
0: one. Yeah. Uh, well, running back Brees Hall has been activated off the pup list, so he should be back to starting to practice. Uh, and so is J.K. Dobbin. So he's off the pup list as well. And Seahawks coach Pete Carroll believes that Kenneth Walker III should be ready for week one. But Pete Carroll is uh, a heavy optimist, so I would be- wait to see how that shakes out. Uh, Colts quarterback, Anthony Richardson has been officially named the starter for week one, which doesn't really come as a surprise to anyone except for Anthony Richardson. Apparently he said he was quite, uh, quite surprised by that news, but, yeah. uh, the writing was on the wall there with where they drafted him. And now we have a ton of injuries to fly through before we get into our tight end rankings. So might as well start with a tight end 49ers tight end. George Kittle is missing a week with an abductor strain. Doesn't sound like it'll be anything long-term. Devontae Adams left practice early, walking with a limp, getting checked out by trainers. I believe I saw today that he is working his way back into practice, so again, not expected to be anything long-term. Ravens tight end Isaiah likely departed from practice with an injury. I haven't seen much about that since it happened, so I don't think that was anything serious either. Um, But he's also behind... Uh, Mark Andrews in terms of the depth chart so you're really only drafting him as maybe a backup to Mark Andrews or in the event that the Mark Andrews manager or Mark Andrews gets injured and you want to have him to use in that case mm-hmm. um, tight end Zach Ertz has been cleared for football activity is expected to be good to go for week one and Patriots tight end Mike Gasicki left practice with an upper body injury which was then diagnosed as a mild shoulder dislocation and I guess it all depends on how mild that is on the extent of how much that's going to affect him throughout the year. Because like Dalvin Cook played in like this weird mechanical device situation last year with the dislocated shoulder and he did fine. Or maybe that was two years ago. I can't remember. Um, so it is possible, but I think it's also probably different if you're a tight end and you're trying to block people and catch versus just run off the ball. Um, so a bit of a boost for Hunter Henry if Mike Gesicki ends up missing time. Although I think Mike Kosicki was being used primarily so far in the preseason as the blocking tight end, not so much as a cat, like a route running one. So the the Patriots tight ends are just a bit of a mess right now. I would avoid it, but we'll we'll talk about tight ends shortly. Saints running back Kendra Miller suffered a knee sprain in Week One, so he's going to be missing some time. That kind of opens the door for Jamal Williams to cement his role as the main guy while Alvin Kamara is injured or suspended. Sorry,
1: suspended.
0: Yeah, yeah, for three games. Running back Miles Sanders still dealing with a groin injury, and then three separate wide receivers all got hurt between in the last twenty-four hours in practice. So Russell Gage for the Buccaneers got carted off the field and is now expected to miss the entire 2023 season with a leg injury. Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams was seen holding his right hamstring after running a route before collapsing on the field. Now keep in mind he is suspended for the first six games anyways of the season, so hopefully whatever this injury was, he can recover and rehab during that time. And Titans wide receiver Traylon Burks was carted off the field with a leg injury, which well, we're recording here, it just came out was diagnosed as an LCL injury. So that only has a few weeks recovery time. So I, I would say probably week two or week three, he should be either back or be close to being back. So he won't miss too much time, but just gives extra few extra weeks for DeAndre Hopkins to really cement his role as the go-to guy for the Titans. And that is it for the injury roundup. It seems like there's a ton more injuries this year than most years. I don't know. Maybe that's just recency bias. I don't know. But it seems like every day there's somebody is blowing out their leg somehow. So
1: I definitely remember that, you know, with the beginning of training camp and after the first week of preseason, there were a lot of injuries, and then it kind of started to slow down. It definitely does seem like more right now so again i like i don't know i don't I, maybe you're right maybe it's recency bias or maybe it is more but i i definitely remember there's been usually there's quite a bit at the beginning and then it, and then it slows down a little bit it just
0: doesn't seem to have slowed down yet no no it hasn't yeah scary this is why you draft late i
1: know mean, so many people who've already
0: drafted it's
1: just yeah I just don't understand what do you I do, do? I just don't get it
0: Yeah, you are just screwed if you get through, like, your draft and two of your top three players go down with injuries before the start of the season. You're done. You're done already. Like, you can't win your season in your draft, but you can certainly lose it, and that is one way to lose it.
1: Yeah, it just makes so much more sense to wait till the end of training camp. Like, I've never understood what the rationale would be to do
0: it earlier, Um but the only rationale I've ever heard that really makes sense is is just excitement, you know, like just want to get back into fantasy football and yeah. you don't want to wait. Yeah, but um, you can't do
1: anything for like like if let's say you draft at the beginning of August, you have one month and you can't do anything. You could make trades, I guess, and I guess so, but I I don't know I I think it's I think it's certain certain individuals who will remain nameless who make try to make trades before game one.
0: That was both of us. That was both of us last year. I never...
1: No, the only reason... No, 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 no.
0: That was we different. made a trade before game one.
1: Yes. That. Well, okay, fine. That was a... That was a, yeah. a mutually beneficial... Tomato, potato. Mistake, fixing a mistake trade.
0: Uh-huh. All right, let's dive into some tight ends here, Mike. Um, if you want to stay up to date with our rankings, subscribe to our Patreon. You can find them all posted on our Discord. They are updated with... Uh, with the news that comes out, with the most recent signings, injuries, all of that, we keep it up to date so that you have it available to you for your draft. Starting out number one for tight ends, by consensus from both of us, Travis Kelsey. No, not much. really. Yeah, anything really to talk about there? He's
1: been he's been so consistent, and you know that of everything in the in the pay, in the offense for the Chiefs, you can only count on two things, and that's Travis Kelsey and. Um, Patrick Mahomes. That's it.
0: Yep, that's right. Uh, and number two, uh, again, consensus between both of us, Mark Andrews. So he, he had a bit of a disappointing season last year because of some injuries to both him and Lamar Jackson, so that kind of uh, hurt yeah. him. But uh, <laughs> what was that?
1: Something just started playing on my phone and I don't know why it was, it was actually, so I don't know what happened. So my phone's like sitting beside me. Um, I'm going to keep this in. So I'm going to explain this to one. Um, okay. So, so the phone like turned on and it must've been like one of, you know, like Facebook or, or something with reels must've been in my background. It's like Facebook or YouTube and a, a scene from uh, that, that Netflix comedy show, I think you should leave started playing but i quickly got to it because i saw the flash of light I'm like why is my phone lighting up and then it started playing and i quickly was able to get to it
0: i i just i didn't know if like your cat extremely disagreed with me talking about mark andrews i didn't know what was <laughs> no happening no there. no
1: luckily my cat All is right. asleep somewhere so we're we're avoided of, of that trouble
0: and your phone is haunted. Good to know. Yeah, that was very
1: strange. I've never seen that happen before.
0: (laughs) Uh, But like I was saying, yeah, Mark Andrews had a bit of a down year last year just because of injuries. Not really something you can uh, prepare for, but he is in basically the same situation as Travis Kelsey. Like, he is the go-to guy on that offense. He's something that you can count on. And if you're not willing to take the very, very early pick on, Travis Kelsey you can get him a couple like two rounds afterwards still have pretty good options at wide receiver running back or two running backs two wide receivers whatever you do and still have what will almost without a doubt be a top three top four tight end at the end of the season anyways and probably one of the only ones who could really give Travis Kelsey a run for his money I think in the past few years he's the only one who's ever beaten Travis Kelsey to be the number one tight end yeah so Something to keep in mind. At number three, so we have for the New York football Giants, Darren Waller. So I have him ranked number three. Mike has him ranked number four. So Waller has actually been increasing for me over the training camp and preseason games. Because all that is coming out of Giants training camp is how good the connection is between Daniel Jones and Darren Waller and how heavily targeted he is. Like, he is 17 completed passes, like 10 of them are going to Darren Waller. That is great news for fantasy football, especially if you're in a PPR or half PPR league because you're getting the high volume, which is great. That's what you want in a tight end. And Darren Waller has proven in the past he can physically be a top tier tight end he's big he's strong and if he's going to become the go-to guy for Daniel Jones because that wide receiver core is not very good um, he could I-, I think it's absolutely possible he finishes the top three tight end close to Kelsey and Andrews
1: I, I like him at a four personally but uh, but yeah I mean I-, I see what you're saying and the Giants the Giants have room Right now, for for someone to really take that number one spot for targets, um, because their their receivers are are not not very good, um, and he's Darren Waller one of the tight ends like Travis Kelsey, like Mark Andrews that don't have the same level of competition as some of the other ones do. Um, so yeah, I could see it. Like, listen, I I'm I've still got him at four because I like the one in, I have at three a little bit more, but I can see why his value would be up. He's just I, I throw him in the same level of tight ends as everyone else where I'm like, if I can't get Kelsey, I'm I'm rolling the dice even with Andrews because of his season last year, which wasn't very good. Uh, battling injury obviously, uh, issues at quarterback, obviously. Um, so I think I think with Andrews being healthy, that bumps him up to number two. i I could see Waller, In a 3-4 situation, this is one of the ones that I won't... I won't die on this hill.
0: Okay. I'm glad. At number four for the Minnesota Vikings, we have TJ Hawkinson. I have him ranked at number five. You have him ranked at number three. Mm -hmm. Um, I am definitely a lot more pessimistic about TJ Hawkinson. Um, Almost to the point like he almost might shift down in my rankings even more because I went and I did a bit of a dive into his stats and I want you just off the top of your head, guess how many times he broke 12 points in a half PPR format last season. Three times. That, that's actually pretty good. That was exactly what it was. <laughs> was it three? <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I have, I swear I have nothing in front of me to, to tell me that. And I just
0: guessed. Great job. Yep. He, uh, He had a 12.8 finish, a 29.4, and a 35.9. He had an 11.5, which was almost past that barrier. And then every single other game on the season was below double digits in half point PPR.
1: Now, how many games, I don't know if you have in front of you, but how many games was he like two? Two points? Yeah, where it was just like, Uh, that was nothing. Because frankly, that's what I—that's what I look at for tight ends. I get—I get the explosiveness of certain tight ends, like someone like Darren Waller. It's like, oh, if you can, you know, if he's going to explode, he's going to explode. But how many times do they also just end up getting ignored and they're nothing? And Travis Kelsey had, and Mark Andrews have been often the only two that are consistent.
0: He had three games under five points, and then another three games below six points. So, okay, so he was kind of in that range. Yeah, like yes. the, that's
1: that's where that's the only area where I would start to get worried is oh the the swing from twenty points down to three or four is is more impactful because if you have someone like a Darren Waller or T.J. Hawkinson who can get you twenty or thirty points, but then they they drop down and get you still seven or eight, that's somewhat valuable because that'll be the best some other tight ends can do. Um, so yeah, I think I think at the end of the day. I still think that Hawkinson's going to be a big part of an offense that's getting a lot of like, a lot of people are just turning off from the Vikings and I'm not a hundred percent sure why. So I think, yeah, I think for me, at least I look at this as I, I can see him still having a decent season because Kirk cousins is still Kirk cousins. And that offense is almost the same as it was last year. And he did do a pretty good job coming in to the Vikings.
0: Yeah, I'm still pretty big on the Vikings offense. He is just not the part that I'm big on. Like, I'm big on, obviously, Justin Jefferson, and then I'm big on Jordan Addison and Alexander Madison. I I don't think that Hawkinson's going to be as heavily involved as he was last season. But I still haven't ranked at number five. Like, I, I very well could be wrong. He could be... A bit of a like an end zone magnet for Kirk Cousins. We'll have to wait and see, but I think he's going to kind of settle into the more like the more routine, mundane stat lines that he was posting throughout the majority of the season. At number five for the San Francisco 49ers, George Kittle. I have him ranked at number four. You have him ranked at number five. What are your thoughts on Kittle?
1: I mean, Kittle. I think Kittle will will do fine with the 49ers. I mean, I think the who their quarterback is will matter a little bit for him, but I do think he's going to be part of their offensive plan regardless. Um, so I kind of I still have him in my top ten um, for that reason. I just I, I put him a little bit lower than where I see Waller or Hawkinson because I I just think that. With the other weapons the 49ers have, Kittle might get lost a little bit. And I do think there's still some questions as to what's going on at quarterback there. I know Brock Purdy's going to get the ball to start, but how long is that leash and how much will this offense change um, if someone else comes in at quarterback again? So that's why I just bumped him down a little bit.
0: Yeah, f- for me, I'm not really so much worried about that. It's just I'm more worried about his injury history. Um, like he's already dealing with a strain. Um, I, I don't foresee like that's not expected to be a long term, but you know, he, I don't even remember the last time he played a full season. I don't know if he's ever played a full season. I actually have to top of my head uh, that, that for me, that's just what dips him down a bit. Cause I do think he can certainly compete with Kelsey and Andrews in terms of talent and points, but he doesn't stay on the field enough throughout the season. That's true. Alright, at number 6 for the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Goddard. I have him ranked at number 7, you have him ranked at number 6. And for me, the only reason he's as low as he is is just his competition with um, with AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and then just the amount that the Eagles run the ball through Jalen Hurts and their running backs. Uh, there's just a lot of competition there for involvement in this offense. I still think he's going to Be a heavily involved part and probably will do good for fantasy, but I like these other guys' situations better where they're a lot more of the focal point, whereas he's one of many.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, That's probably why I have him uh, more at six. And for me, he's, you know, dropped a little bit in terms of my top five are really the top five. Um, everyone else from there, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could drop him down. I could bring him up. There's a few people that I'm I'm less excited about as we go down the list than other people are, including you. Um, but Dallas Goddard, yeah, there's more competition there. I still think the Eagles are a good offense. I think he'll be a red zone target. Um, you'll get some big touchdowns out of him. But he's going to be the tight end we're talking about. That's the swing. You're going to get a really good game out of him. 15 points, lots of catches, a couple touchdowns. And then you're going to get three points out of him targeted, you know, twice for 25 yards or something. Like, it's just not gonna, it's just not going to be consistent. I think because of all, all the different targets that that they have in their offense.
0: See, I, I kind of look at it a little differently. I think he will be consistent, but consistently. Okay. And then every now and then he'll get in the end zone and you'll have a great week. And otherwise you'll just get like five and a half, six points. Routinely, and maybe you're happy with that. Like maybe it depends on what you have for the rest of your your team, right? That might be enough. That that's all you need. Um, but I think like the other guys, like Kelsey, Andrew, Swaller, Kittle, even Hawkinson. I, well, maybe not Hawkinson. He's kind of on the, the bubble there. Um, for them, the floor is more like the eight or nine points consistently versus five or six. But it's
1: not the most outrageous take you're going to have. Um, because I can, I can see Goddard being down the middle. I just think he's there because of the competition, you're going to see those swings, where when you have a, a competition, when you have certain talents and they're higher, like this isn't the Chiefs. This is the Eagles. There are some higher-paid, higher-powered offensive players, so you're going to have a game where, hey, one person just got 100, point, 100 yards, and then the next game they get 30. And you're just, I think you're going to see that happen because I don't think it's going to be a spread the ball type of offense. It's going to be like, who's cooking today? Who's open today? Because if you start double covering everyone else, guess who's going to be open? Dallas Goddard.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: As I said, not the most outrageous take you'll have. We'll get into the most outrageous take you'll
0: have. Maybe next. or we'll the next? Great. Time. We'll see. Great. Number seven for the Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts. Absolutely him... ridiculous.
1: Absolutely ridiculous.
0: I mean I have him at six, you have him at ten. I don't think that's that big of a gap.
1: He's ten. He's he's outside he's he's if any ten at most, and for the most part he's outside. I I think he will be the only offensive anything for the Falcons, but that team's going to be. What about B. John Robinson? Well, yes, but they oh yes, they're right. I mean in the past. sorry, I meant in the passing game. Okay, okay. He, he will yeah, be okay. he will be the thing. Because Bijan's gonna have a great year. He'll he'll run the ball, he'll do his thing. But Pitts in the passing game is it he's all they have he's all they're going to use they don't have a quarterback so well that's yeah but that's why
0: yeah that's why i have him that high because they are going to have to hyper target him and he is an athletic freak now that being said this is like the make or break year for me for kyle pitts he didn't have a good year last year exactly and so if that becomes the trend of he's just a disappointment, then fully agree with you. And he is going to be in the basement in my rankings next year. But now we've seen one elite year and we've seen one terrible year. Now, granted he was injured for a lot of last year as well. Uh, He wasn't doing anything well before that, but he was injured. So now we've kind of seen both ends of the spectrum for him. And this will kind of be the deal breaker of, okay, where does he actually fall? Because in neither of the years has he had an amazing quarterback. He's had average to mediocre quarterback play. Um, so this this is my make it or break year for Kyle Pitts, and I'm just leaning on the lack of other talent around him. I, I do think Drake London is going to be involved in the offense, but I think Kyle Pitts is probably going to be the main guy in the passing game and his natural athletic ability. So I'm leaning towards that, but I can. F- absolutely understand the pessimistic outlook as well, like that he is going to do just as bad as last year. See, Completely I don't understand think that side. I don't think too. it's
1: pessimistic at all. I think it's realistic. All the things you mentioned are 100% valid points and didn't help him last year at all. His intense talent and his intense athleticism didn't help him last year. You know how you defeat Kyle Pitts? You just double cover him. There you go. They have no one else. They have no one else, even Drake London not great. They have no one else. They don't have a quarterback. I thought I was going to have to argue with you to get him as high as 10 because making the argument of like, well, even everything I'm saying, he is the only one. So if anyone's going to get hundred yards and a touchdown, it's going to be Kyle Pitts on that team. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. I thought I'd have to put up a fight just to get him to around 10. But to me, six, I'm, I'm not going on my way to draft Kyle Pitts in this draft. He's someone like if I get him near later, fine. But it, I think he you saying like there's only five other people at the tight end position that you draft over Kyle Pitts. That's what I think is ridiculous because I just don't see any evidence from last year to suggest that he's going to do any. Because his co- quarterback was even more mediocre last year than it's ever been. That was that was the one of the worst offenses in the league last year. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I,
0: I, I fireable agree with you there.
1: offense. Yeah. Fireable offense. You should okay. be taken to jail for that comment and fired immediately. Let's settle down. <laughs> <At> no- <laughs> I'm sorry, am I overreacting?
0: <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> at number eight for the Cleveland Browns, David Njoku. So I have him ranked at number nine, you have him ranked at number seven. Um I think I think for me. I would have him ranked higher if Deshaun Watson hadn't done so poorly when he came back last year. And I fully expect him to finish higher than probably number nine, but I just don't have it in me to make that bet after what we saw with the passing game.
1: Yeah, I think I think that he's he is someone that has done an okay job with other quarterbacks, but he will... I think he his success will will ride or die with what happens with Watson. I don't think what I I don't know how Watson could be as bad as he was last year. I don't I think his days as an elite quarterback are done, but I think if he's even remotely competent, Najoku's going to be a big part of this offense, which is why I have him in and around that that seven range. Again, with Njoku, with most of the next couple people we're going to talk about, I I rank them anywhere from like 7 to 15, where I'm like, you're going to roll the dice with almost everyone we're about to talk about. And Njoku is one of them. I just put him a little bit higher than someone like Kyle Pitts because I think his track record is better.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And number nine, Jacksonville Jaguars, Evan Angram. Again because of the math we both have him ranked at number eight but he is ranked at number nine because of how high we have other players in front of him ranked <laughs> yeah this is uh, one of those
1: weird things we should fix um yeah i agree listen, yeah <laughs> evan ingram i'm a little surprised at your ranking of him and that he hasn't he hasn't increased a little bit just because i think you and i both agree he's going to be a part of this offense in a relatively meaningful way don't we
0: Oh, yeah. But at the same time, everything like like basically the same argument that I made with Darren Waller can basically be made about Kelvin Ridley from what we've seen on film and through camp so far. So I don't think Evan Ingram is going to be as heavily involved this last season. I still think a very key part of this passing game, just not quite to that level as last year, because now he has Kirk, Ridley and ETN all to compete with. So for me, that's why there's that, just that hesitancy that he's not a bit higher up for me personally. Yeah.
1: He has that competition. Yes. I just think like Calvin Ridley, I don't know if this is just my own like opinion of, of the, of the player, but to me, Calvin Ridley, I see as the one where it's like, yeah, I just threw a bomb for 60 yards to Calvin Ridley. It got us down to the seven and then I threw a touchdown to Evan Ingram. Like that's how I see the Jags offense. Going this year, like I'm, we're either going to run it into the end zone, or I'm going to throw the ball to Evan Ingram. Like it just, that's just the way I seem to be perceiving the players. So Calvin Ridley to me seems like the big open field, massive play will score touchdowns. Don't get me wrong, but when it comes when push comes to shove, they're going to go back to to the, to their tight end, um which is why I, I kind of have him at eight again. Roll of the die with everyone, lots of competition. Agree with that. I just would have expected him to kind of grow a little bit just because we know that the Jags offense is going to look pretty good. And I think when you add in good wide receivers, it can open up your tight end as well. It can do both. It can either take away receptions or it can open up opportunities because people are at there covering other people and the NFL, it's a league of double coverage. When they think someone's going, they're like, we're going to put two people on this guy, whatever happened, but we just have to. So That's going to leave somebody to be in a one-on-one battle, and I trust Evan Ingram in a one-on-one.
0: Yeah, I I can understand that. All right, real quick, number 10, Pittsburgh Steelers, Pat Fryermuth. Personally, I'm scared to draft him until I see more of Kenny Pickett, but at the same time, the opportunity is there. He could do great things. I have him ranked at number 11. You have him ranked at number 9.
1: I'm a big big fan of this being a a coming-out year for Kenny Pickett. Like, I think he's going to have a great season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of him taking over instead of Trubisky last year. Um, Wouldn't be surprised if he takes that leap forward this year. I just don't want to bet my tight end position on it is all.
1: Yeah, I think especially like, again, with my rankings, anyone out of the top five, I'm not going out of my way. If I haven't gotten a top five that I that I like, I'm drafting a tight end later and I'll pick whoever. Like, I'm clearly not focused on them. So, no, I don't think I'm going out of my way, but if he's available and there's a lot of other people around him that were taken, he's one that I might go to saying, like, you know, the Steelers might have played it well with Pickett. Having him not start outright last year and slowly get into the offense eventually, I think that's going to lead to some success.
0: Yeah, time will tell. All right, Mike, you have two minutes Fire ra- rapid fire the uh, other disagreements you have at tight end. Let's all right. It. Here we
1: go very quickly. Uh, like everyone else in the world, you are a big fan of Dalton Kincaid. You have him ranked at 15, I think, ish on this list. Yep. Well, I don't. I'm t- I'm looking at an old list. I'm going to be honest right now. So if I'm off by, a I, day,
0: have a, day, I'm I have I have sure. him at 15 still. You have him at
1: 15. Uh, you don't have Dawson Knox on your list at all. That's the most egregious I've seen. I've seen other people rank them very close, but still put Dalton Kincaid ahead. I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that Kincaid is going to get way more opportunities than Doss Knox. I understand they drafted him. Knox can still be, I think, a very effective tight end. I think it's a little bit out of left field, we'll say, to drop down um, all the way there. That's one quickly. And then another one here, I I can't even find him. I wanted to talk about Tyler Conklin. Um, I I think you've got him ranked very, very low here. And I just think for the Jets' offense... I feel like they're going to want to use that tight end. I, I don't know what you think of their passing game and where you think this is going to go, but I would think that, T- that Conklin's someone that I'm thinking about throwing in to my sort of teams where it comes to like the, the 10 to 20 range where I'm like, yeah, it's a roll the die, but everybody is, and he's kind of in there because he's got the talent, and now he's got the quarterback that can get him the ball.
0: I have Conklin at 22. You have him at 16. I, I just think Rodgers is gonna throw more to the wide receivers and running backs rather than the tight end, because that's where a lot of their talent is. Um I I don't really expect like a Robert Tunyon scenario to develop with Conklin. I just don't think that's who he is. And uh, I have one more
1: really quickly. I have one more really
0: Okay, quickly. go. I go. just gotta get it.
1: Taysom Hill. We can't not talk about tight we can't not talk about the tight ends and, and like completely not mention it. Like we've gotta Taysom Hill, if utilized properly, he could be such an interesting multi-used tight end. Like he can throw the ball, he can catch the ball, he can run the ball. I don't know if he's going to be used at all. I think we both got him kind of in the teens area. I just wanted to know what you thought of Taysom Hill. Do you think he might get utilized in a better way this year?
0: No, probably not. I think he's just going to be a giant headache. And one week he's <laughs> going to play quarterback and throw three touchdowns. And the next week he might touch the ball once. Yeah, Um, I think that's just the the norm now for for the Saints and the NFL. But uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, he's right in the middle because I have no idea what to do with him uh, because it all depends on what position he plays from week to week. We don't have time for my other ones. (laughs) I have like four more. There's more? (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, I have
1: like four more here, and I even have stats, and we don't have time to get any of them. I'm just going to quickly say that uh, I like Tyler Boyd more than I like whoever's going to play tight end for the Bengals
0: yeah fair enough all right that is it for our tight end rankings once more if you want to see the full list go to our patreon become a conqueror you can get access to all that and more on our official discord channel next week we'll be doing a mock draft so tune in for that the final mock draft before the uh, regular season begins thanks for listening take care stay safe